shot at the plate. Here's the relay. Valentin in time. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Ah, yes, indeed. Here we are. Episode two of Card Wars. I'm Caleb, and he's Paul, and we are spending a bunch of Cousin Sal's money. Paul, week one, great success. we got a lot to get to. <laughs> yeah, true. What we've already bought, the places we've been, the Instagram lives that we have conducted. But before we get there, for some of our new listeners here on episode two, remind us of how this contest works. Okay, again, uh, Cousin Sal um, gave us both $10,000 each, dumped it into our accounts. Um, we we were going to come up with an allotment of what we wanted to s- uh, spend each week, but then we thought about it a little bit more, um, and Sal gave us the green light to spend maybe $50 one week, maybe $1,500 the next week, um, and then it all... $50 com- a week? We're spending more than 50 well, a week. We're obviously, $10,000? That's true. We're spending $50 a pack and giving them away to... To uh, loyal listeners, so um, and what we want to do is get our all of our cards and our inventory together of the ten thousand dollars, and obviously the grand prize would be going to the nationals, uh, the national show in late July, um, to go and see what our cards are worth and see who made the most profit between you and myself. We've gone different directions. Um, I'm buying more made cards. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get over that. And Caleb has been buying more lot cards, so we'll see what happens here. But l- like you said, the first week has been unbelievable. We've got unbelievable feedback from a lot of people and a lot of people that are huge in the card, in- card industry. So one of them, hailing right from Lexington, where we spend a lot of our springs and fall chasing the horses around the circle at Keeneland. But our man Jimmy from the Kentucky Roadshow, what an amazing shop. And, you know, Jimmy has been one of the most beloved members of the card hobby for mm. quite a while. And we thought for our Instagram Live, which Cousin Sal was very big on us doing these Instagram Lives to show people how these cards come out of the packs, how we do the deals. So we got in touch with Jimmy, and we took a trip to his new shop, which recently opened in November in Lexington. And I don't even know where to start with that Instagram Live on Friday. All right, that, hey, listen, it's on my Instagram. I'm not trying to pedal people towards my social medias and all that stuff, but... Check out the Instagram live on my on Paulo Duca 16 on Instagram. It's amazing. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen, I owned a shop or my family owned a shop for a lot of years and I've seen cards come in and out, but I, I don't think I've ever seen cards that, that Jimmy has. He has cards that are, I've heard about. How about that? Mm. I mean, like he has a Jordan in there that I've heard about. I think I've seen it once. It's an 84 star Jordan with the white borders that he says he could put his own number on. I mean, when I saw that, I like, but the craziness that he has, like even his regular common boxes, he had CD lambs, he had crazy stuff. But what I loved about Jimmy the most is he's a little bit like you and I, he loves um, the game. I, I try to, I, I, I call this like the game. He loves popping the packs. He popped a $1,900 box in front of the fans. We'll just get to, to it. We'll get to that. Um, he loves it. He's all about it. Um, and Wait, all the cards we saw and you brought up CD Lamb. But what I'm saying is, is when we went to his vault, he's got $500,000 cards, million dollar cards. And then just over there in the corner, I was like just going through the stuff. And the one kid goes, hey, man, don't 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 get this stuff out of place because this is our online stuff. And they were $50, $100 card and they were boxes of them. And it's like the inventory that he has is insane. Well, the whole point of the new age card shop in 2021 is, and Jimmy told us on the Instagram Live, 
it's not a place where you go and you've got that curmudgeon card shop owner. There's actually one in town when I was growing up. There was one smaller card shop I went to a few times and I, I didn't want to go back because as I was just flipping through the, the singles boxes and top loaders, the guy, can I help you with something? The guy was asking. I'm like, bro, I'm at a card shop. I'm looking through these things. What do you think I'm doing? Like, you know, he, he was like lording right over anybody that would come into the store. Like, I'm, So now with the setup, like I've seen him. California at Jaspies or at Jimmy's or at the Coffee Breakers, they want you to come and hang out. They want yeah, you to come and enjoy your time there. He's got a card bar. I mean, you, 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 could, you could sit on top of the Mickey Mantle rookie cards yeah. and all that. So the, the whole point of these new age card shops is to come and, and commune, to hang out and, and to enjoy yourself. That is kind of true. And, you know, when I we had our card shop, we tried to make that a uh, little bit like that. We had chairs in there so people could sit down. Back in those days, you could read the Beckett's um, and – you wanted to read like what your card was worth and it always had the arrows going up in the Beckett's, you know what I mean? To see if your card was trending upwards because the guy's going wild now. Now you have to do your own research. It's turned into a, a, a different ball game. Um, it really has. I, and Jimmy has even has tables for if you bring in your kids, you could, the kids can, you never wanted to bring your, your little baby to a card shop. You could bring him to Jimmy's shop. He has stuff you can play with. Um, and it's turned into storytelling like that was the best part about jimmy how you acquired this how you acquired that and he would ask me how i acquired stuff and that's part of the lure that's part of the story and how you acquired something because there's sometimes you 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 bought a card and like you really overpaid for it and then there's other times i i'll never forget i mean i paid five dollars for by i would say 50 ken griffey rookie cards i mean five i had 50 of them I mean, fifty eighty nine for five a, for, uh, for five a pop. Now again, for you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We say this all the time, but imagine if you sat on these cards. And there are some people now uh, that are calling. Ever since Caleb, this, we, this is our second podcast. I probably had like twenty people call us. Um, hey, you want to take a look at our mm. card collection? Like, I got some cards here. I got some cards there, and it's it's really crazy how the craze has just boomed. Just just like that and to, to see jimmy's collection with all these cards signed by jordan i didn't even realize lebron's kobe's kobe's dr j Magic dr Carter. j and i didn't realize these guys all signed these cards together and then he's and then he's dropping this one's a whale this one's a whale i was just well blown away. one card that stuck out in the vault was the gold auto it was irving and michael jordan on top and it got graded and then the back of the card the greatest back of a card of life was LeBron and Kobe double auto on the back. Four autos total, and the LeBron and Kobe were on the back of the graded slab. Yeah, and his other one that he said that he might want to keep was the LeBron rookie auto with the Jordan on top signed too as well. So, And I asked him, like, the thing about Jimmy that's so great, like, I, I'm trying, if you watch Instagram Live, I keep on pressing him, ballpark, ballpark, because I want everybody – to know like mm -hmm. what these cards are worth and he just looks at you and he's i don't know because when i asked him about that 84 star jordan i'm not lying to you, caleb i might seen two in my life and i asked him of all the cards in that thing the white the white I, star jordan just shook you it's the holy grail like people don't get it no one has it that he had the checklist 85 star which is impossible to find i haven't even seen that i i can't even remember seeing that card. i've seen it once but the 80 Four-star Jordan, and it looked meant to me. He hasn't gotten it graded. He doesn't. He thinks that card's worth so much money that he doesn't even want to send it away. 
Now, part of this gig on Card Wars and bringing everybody that's listening into the lives and the podcast is that you said that we were going to give out some trivia questions and we're going to be busting some packs. So the first trivia question that you brought out during the live was who bought your pool table when it finally made its way <laughs> out to California? And our man Solomon on Instagram, he was listening Jesse, to episode yeah. one. Yeah. So, um, so he got Yasiel Puig, correct, and then he said he wanted a baseball pack. So our man Trey that was working at the shop, he recommended the new 2020 Bowman draft. And if you watch the thing back, what's everybody saying? You're looking for the Torkelson. Yeah. You're going for the Torkelson. So we bust this pack open. First one that we've opened on Card Wars. And sure enough, about midway through the pack, here's our man. Spencer Torkelson, yeah. And he got also a Duran. Um, From the Red Sox. It was a, a refractor Duran, right? I think it was a Chrome. It was a Chrome? It was a Chrome, okay. So, um... Yeah, yeah, Fractor, but I'm saying it was, it was a chrome. So he got two legit cards. And Torkelson's the number one pick in the draft. Um, I was saying on the live, too, is I did a video for him because um, he was going to break the home run record at Arizona State before COVID hit. Um, and I would give him maybe a year or two. He's, he's young. So maybe a year or two, especially the Tigers not, you know, contending he might be up towards the end of this year they might give him some at bats um in september and then maybe next year he's got a shot to make the team but i've heard he's got light um power tower i mean tower power that, <laughs> that he's like that legit um they think he might be the best prospect out of arizona since bob horner and that's big shoes because bob horner is like legend in arizona now speaking of baseball as opening day has uh, already started we got uh, got some games in the books and tops Last week released one of their finest products for the whole year, Tops Definitive. And mm-hmm. there's a reason that thing is up on the top shelf of Jimmy's Wax Wall. And as the live was progressing, Jimmy said, you know what? Let's just break one of them $1,900 Tops Definitive. And what came out of that box and those eight cards, I'm telling you, Paul, and all the time that I've broke cards, that's the best box I've seen be pulled apart. That It started out with the Juan Soto inscription auto it said Soto shuffle with the money sign on the S. That was the first card out. Tell us how it progressed. It, it was unreal. I like... First of all, like the inscriptions, like I said, now they cost money. And I didn't know that Jimmy had never heard it. I had never seen that. Now, there is one that you can find on the internet. And he, like he's like Caleb said, he signed the S with the money mark, like Kesha. I guess, I guess he's a Kesha fan. Who, who knew that? But um, Soho Shuffle. And I want to say it was out of five or 10, Caleb, somewhere in that area. So he pulls that card. Next card comes out. And here's the thing about Jimmy. Giant Brave fan, has an old-school Atlanta Brave fan that Ozzy Virgil was wearing back in the day, and and he pulls out a one-of-one Dale Murphy. Five minutes after you guys were talking about him going to Fulton County Stadium. And and I asked him who's his favorite, and he goes, Dale Murphy. And a one-of-one to him, we, 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 because... We wanted to put a what we thought the box was worth conservatively if you wanted to sell it right now. Forget I mean, about the box worth. Here's the thing about Definitive. The box worth doesn't matter because whoever breaks Definitive, it's collectors. Right? Well, I agree. Investors, I agree. investors Jimmy's never going to buy Definitive. Jimmy's never going to get rid of that Dale Murphy one exactly. because that's his favorite player. So, like, you, you can't put a price on that. You have a, if you have a true Dale Murphy fan, that's a one-of-one one card with, by the way— a immaculate signature, which makes it even better. So that's something to Jimmy. It might be worth three, four, five hundred dollars, but to Jimmy, that's worth like five thousand. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and so, and the box continued to progress. Here comes so that, a gold framed well, Harper Auto. Well, that was my thing. Is, is 
I saw a Cal Ripken auto, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it was like the seventh best thing in the box. You're right. The Harper gold one is – we found that to be uh, pretty expensive in the five dollars $600 range. That's a beautiful – it really is a beautiful card because I, I don't know how to explain to you over the podcast. It's, it's, it's framed. So mm-hmm. the gold sort of comes up off the card. So the gold's like a frame, insane card. Um, and then Nolan Arenado is a a patch that's a zero 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 one. So it's not one on one. We we looked at this. So it's not one on one. It's zero zero one. Explain that a little bit, Michael. How you were saying? Well, I think I think each individual letter of the name gets a one on one. So the N. That's the okay. Only okay. Name okay. Yeah. So it was a beautiful N patch, and, and he thought that that could be worth. And we're forgetting about the Jeter. Exactly. And here's the thing about the Jeter. It could be worth more. Like it's hard to, it's hard to say what the Jeter's worth. We really couldn't really find it. And like Jeter again is that kind of guy. A little bit like Nolan Ryan in Texas. His cards are just going to go for more. But that Jeter was, I mean, that was topping on the cake. And then, and then the prospect he has for Kirilov, Kirilov for for the uh, twins. the twins. That that's the crazy part about this. So you have all these Hall of Famers, all these made guys, and that Kirloff might be the most expensive because if that kid takes off, that's like a special card, and he's put up good minor league numbers, actually really good minor league numbers. And I would think he'll be up somewhat towards the season. It depends how you know how the how the Twins are doing. You know they got a good lineup as it is, but he's put up good minor league stats. Yeah, the designs of them, the signatures, I mean, definitive, that was a top-class product. That came out in what, like, like you were saying? Like in the mar- like a week ago. A week ago. So but Jimmy just popped a box for everybody. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll pop it. I don't care. And it's just, it's just, it, it was a lot of fun. It really was watching those cards come out of that box. I just couldn't believe it. All right, so now let's get into the actual nuts and bolts of what we paid and what we're hoping to sell these things for because we have started to spend Sal's money. And I got to say, it's been uh, it's been a fun ride so far so it averaged out to be about a thousand a week this yeah. it's going to be um 13 weeks ten thousand maybe a little bit less than a thousand i'll go ahead and tell you i spent six hundred eighty two dollars and sixty four cents here in this first week I'm, I'm 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 ready to buy but i'm also holding the horse off the pace a little bit knowing that there's mm-hmm. gonna be there's gonna be some opportunities here uh coming up over the next 12 weeks but uh, i'm gonna start with with the first card that i purchased okay. the card i had my eye on and this is a prospect not a prospect but i think a guy with huge potential at the end of the year. And that's going to be Jorge Soler, big slugger for the Kansas City Royals. And what I like about him is, okay, two seasons ago, he played the full season, 162. DH, that helps, right? It's hard to get hurt as a DH. I agree. And he set the franchise record for the Royals, 48 home runs in a year. He's a big slugger, which I think that that's a lot of appeal in the card market. He hasn't set as much home runs as they won games. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. But so, and that's the thing. I don't like buying players and investing in players on bad teams, and the Royals are bad. But this July 31st, the MLB trade deadline, and our man Soler is in the last year of his contract, and if he stays healthy and keeps slugging these home runs, I feel like once July comes around, you know, the the prospects are that are going to be offered to the Royals are going to be too much to, to say no yeah, to. So I, I just see Soler right there around the Nationals getting traded to a top playoff team, slugging the ball. So... He had his Bowman first gold out there. It was in a nine and a half BGS. There was actually two of them. They were they were neighbors. It was the thirty two out of fifty and the thirty three out of fifty. Yeah. And they both wanted one hundred and fifty by now. So I put in a couple offers. I like to do fair deals with 
with, with uh, yeah. all the sellers. But at the same time, this is Sal's money. We gotta we gotta try to <laughs> we gotta try to milk every penny. So I I got the best offer was one ten, and the thing landed one hundred twenty two dollars and fifteen cents. Solaire Bowman Gold first nine and a half. That was the first purchase. I like it. I told you I liked it before because I think it, and listen, you don't think I'm a homer. I think the Mets is a great landing spot for him. I've talked about this from day one. The Mets finally played their first game today. They got to face a lefty. Unfortunate again. Um, they just are a left-handed loaded lineup. When you look at McNeil, Nemo, Dominic Smith, and a lot of other guys, you got Alonzo, you got JD Davis, um, but they don't have besides Alonzo. Cespedes was supposed to fill that hole, and I think Solaire could be a good fit at the deadline. Cohen's got money to re-sign him. They went out and got Lindor. That could solidify a lot of power in that lineup. So I think he could land in New York, which would blast his cars because now you're going into a different market, like you said. So I'm at, I looked last night, I'm at 930 some odd dollars. Now I have two cards that are coming in the mail. Both of them are Jeff McNeil. I bought his 2014. He was a little bit like me. He had a 2014 card and then he wasn't seen. And then his next card was like 2019. And he looks like a baby in his well, 2014 there, cards. There's a, there's a gap because Bowman is yeah. when first coming up. And then you might it might take two, three, four, even five years yeah. to get your actual rookie card in the major league sets. Yeah. So I paid one had li- listed for 250 and it was rookie card refractor. Blue wave. The blue wave, yeah. And so I offered I, I didn't lowball. I offered him two twenty five, so I got that for two twenty five, and then I just got the normal one for a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, both PSA ten, they're already graded, um, and then we did the munchie boxes, which we'll talk about a little munch bit time. too. A munchtime boxes that that um, Jimmy had that we were opening up the munchtime boxes. Caleb and I opened up what three? Yep. Yeah, you, I opened two. Caleb opened one, so I got a couple of those cards, and I want to know. One of them I think is going to be Plant, and it's an Oscar Robinson that I pulled. It's a 24K. Um, great signature. Great signature. I mean, the signature is just phenomenal. I, I want to keep it. I actually might give this to Cousin Sal. If he's a big O fan, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, it's beautiful. Now, the, I pulled a Joel Embiid 7 out of 10. Autograph. Autograph, yeah, which I think right now is probably worth four or 500 And if they make a playoff run that I'll, I'll make money on this one. Um, so I'm not worried about that. The Oscar Robinson might be a wash. And then I bought a Panini pack, and I pulled the Prism uh, Durant, uh, the throwback, which is probably like $75 card, if that, somewhere in there. So, you know, <clears throat> now I'm going to start baseball starting for me today because the Mets haven't played. True. So it's, it's different for me. Um but yeah, I'm looking, I'm searching, um, a lot of different guys. I know you've been looking, still pressing a little bit with Robert, um, and you pressed a little bit with Ian Anderson too, no? Yeah, I'm going to start with my man, Lewis Robert, who, first up, I get one of his Topps Chrome Refractors, which are stalwarts, and I think that last year, 2020, the absolute best printed cards were the Topps Chrome. Mm-hmm. They have amazing edges, you never see a bad corner, and the surface is most important on Chrome and Prism, the surfaces are beautiful. So... I feel like every chrome refractor I buy is going to be a 10, or at least in my mind. So I got the chrome refractor for 75. I bought some of these for myself. They were more like 100, 125. So 75 was a good deal. And then a couple days later, after game one, I was watching on my eBay queue another one, exact same card. Well, now this one started puffing up to 102, 110, this. And I ended up passing on that one because it got all the way to 125, and I just didn't want to rationalize 
going from 75 to 125 in two nights. So I said, I'll wait on this one. And then the next day, he had they had a lot out with the chrome refractor, but they added three more chrome base, and that thing landed for 125. So I feel good about that deal. But quick backstory on Luis Robert and why I have so much tied up in this guy. You know, through Instagram, I had seen a lot of him with the Bowman cards leading up to his debut. And then as the as the pandemic was trudging on, the first live sporting event that I saw was a Sunday night baseball preseason, White Sox versus Cubs. And they started explaining this guy, and I saw, saw him take one off Hendricks to the wall. And uh, even Tim Anderson, they came on the broadcast and kind of pressed him, Tim, who's got the most pop in this lineup? They got Abreu and Moncada and him and like, man, Luis Robert, man, you've seen him hit. He takes stuff out the right field that left-handers can't do. And the first at-bat, for Robert, as I'm watching the MLB package last year. He comes up. He slaps one to left field, hits it hard. Well, they come back from commercial break, and they said that the exit velocity was 115.8. That was harder than any ball hit by the White Sox the year before, and it was a 0-0 count. That was the first pitch he ever saw. And the last thing to put the top, put the uh, topping on it is my favorite person in the world growing up was my grandpa's name was Robert. And I was born in 1988. He's a hunch player now. He's a hunch player. And the thing I liked about Robert is a lot of people don't understand is... He wears 88, by the way. For those he wears 88. Guys. And Kilb's got... You have an 88. Mm-hmm. You have an 88. You're big on the number. And, and, and Jimmy is too, by the way. Um, he stole 30 bases in the minor league. So you're not even seeing... Because he's in a lineup that's just loaded with power. Like... And then he's got Billy Hamilton hitting behind him, which I'm not getting. I think Tony LaRusso needs to get a phone call from me. Um, I think he should hit second and use that speed. But I get it. He doesn't want to run. You're in the American League. I think he's the kind of kid that he'll get 20, 20, 30, 30 before too long. And the other part about this, how old is he? 1920? Early 20s for Early sure. 20s. One, one last wrap-up here on Robert before we get to the next uh, investment. My favorite card that was issued last year was out of the top set. It's the gold foil. I mean, you take these things out of the case, they absolutely shine gold and black on there. And I've bought I've bought two of these for my own collection, and they usually go for about in the 150 area. Well, they had an auction going that ended uh, on Sunday, and there was two sold items. One was a 275 buy it now yep. that had been sitting there forever, and somebody finally plucked it for 275. There was another one that landed for about 240, 250. This gold foil come through. I think they had a bad ending time on it. The thing landed with taxes shipping at 139. So I'm going to tell you, Cousin Sal, a lot of this uh, 10,000 is going to be on our man Robert. But I had a couple chrome refractors, the gold foil, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, listen, I sent my picture of my Jeff McNeil, and Cousin Sal sent me a text back. He said, back. you win. You win. You, you, you <laughs> win my heart. You bought a Met. Uh, um, yeah, it's there's after going into Jimmy's shop, I really didn't realize uh, the magnitude of what's going on, like, the Conor McGregor UFC cards. He, he had one in there, I think, for like 25000 That was a rare card. Um, the soccer cards, obviously, going big um, with the autographs. Um, it was just insane. He even said the Star Wars packs go out of control as well. There's so many different ways you can conquer this. or so many different ways you can go. Now, you're going the Lewis Robert way. You're going to Ian Anderson. You're going this. Like I said, I'm going to start buying some Mount Castles here pretty soon. Um, he's got like four or five ribbies already, although he's hitting a little low. But the Orioles have started the season 3-0 and to start. They swept the Red Sox, which I don't even know where that's going. That could be a good thing for Duran or Jeter Downs. I think you're going to see those guys a lot quicker this year if you're invested into those guys. Um, you got to start. Here's the other part about this, too. 
you're going to know early which teams are going to be very, very bad. So by the all-star break could be another thing too. I understand we're going to be sort of ending this towards that time, but that could be another time to invest in younger guys because they're going to start on the trade deadline. That's when the younger guys come up. So, um, and then you're going to start seeing those guys spike. And I would think a lot of young kids are going to start showing their skills later in the season too, you know? Yeah, let's sit on Ian Anderson. I want to get your thoughts because I saw it firsthand. I'm a Reds fan, and Ian took the bump game two, Reds versus Braves. And I, th- I believe he was the number two overall pick. Nasty, nasty stuff. And one thing that got me on Ian Anderson, I think before actually the Reds game two, I knew I was in trouble. Our man at Pitching Ninja on Twitter, I think Rob Friedman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll do a sync up where he'll have two pitches, right? And they'll go, and then you'll see how they change. Well, Ian Anderson's change up in fastball was one of the sickest splits that I've seen on the pitching ninja. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, the Reds are going to be in for trouble. And they just could not hit the guy. I mean, this is a dude who, you you were telling me, you know, with the Braves loaded lineup, he might be in that 2-3-4 pitching slot and have a chance to run up a really good record. Yeah, I mean, listen, Max Fried's the real deal. I mean, um, but I'm with you on Ian. I think Ian is the kind of guy that's going to last. He throws strikes, round the zone, and his his resume speaks for himself. I think the numbers are insane. I was looking at a couple of his numbers. Um, but you know, it's crazy. You, you made a good point of that team. It's almost like Freddie Freeman's the MVP yet. When you go in there, you see more Acuna jerseys mm-hmm. and you see all, you know, listen that. And it's like, it's just like Freddie's like undervalued. And I have a feeling like Freddie is the new age Jim Tomei. Like Manny Ramirez was the hot guy. Manny Ramirez True. was this and that. And meanwhile, Jim Tomei was the one that hit the 600 home runs. Now I get it. Manny's. I mean, insane. And I'm not saying Manny was a better hitter than Jim, but I'm, I'm saying is that it just seems like Jim Tomei and Freddie Freeman fit. And a lot of people forget Freddie Freeman's like a gold glover at first base. He's unbelievable too, which always, that always pisses me off because that, that gets forgotten. Like a, a guy like me, like Andrew Jones, um, was head and shoulders, the best center fielder. If it was hit within the area code, it was caught. He probably took 20 hits away from me. He probably had 12 gold, I think he had 12 or some straight gold gloves. But they don't take that into consideration when you go into the Hall of Fame. I understand the end of his career, he struggled a little bit, but he still had 400 home runs. And by the way, he had two home runs in Yankee Stadium at 19 years old in the World Series. I mean, so some stuff has to play and some doesn't. Because if we're running up statistics, we're running up statistics. But you also got to give guys credit for longevity too. And that's why a guy like Dale Murphy should be in the Hall of Fame. Because you know why? Half the generation watched TBS, watched them and the Cubs, and became Braves fans and Cubs fans by default. Because I was in Arizona, didn't have a team to watch. Let's be honest. We all watch Braves and Cubs games. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started investing, what I would term investing and really putting some money behind it a couple of years ago, my one word to describe my investing strategy was volume. And the way I looked at it is... That's the way you got to go. Instead of buying a $500 card, where if, at some point you're going to sell it, the higher the card the more regret you can experience when you sold it too early. So the way I look at it is if I could get 10 $50 cards and I sell one, but I could ride the wave up. I got another one behind it yeah. and another one behind it. So these Ian Andersons, like just to finish on him, what I bought, these top slots, right? The way I look at an Ian Anderson tops rookie, raw, by the time Nationals come around, I look at them like they're $5 bills. But I'm buying 12 for $18 free shipping. There was a lot where they had a nice rainbow uh, and 10 other ones. That I bought for it was what twenty total, thirty dollars total mm-hmm. with the rainbow. So the way I look at it is we're paying a dollar twenty five for these things, and 
by the time people see this guy pitch for a great team in July, I think that easy five or ten a pop, and you've got 20, 30, 40 of them. Well, you're doing it the right way. That's the same thing we do, used to do with a lot of guys. So my brother, um, both of my brothers and my dad, we used to go to the spring training games and try to scout guys. I had said this before, love Danny Tartable. I thought he was going to be the next big thing for the, for the Mariners. Um, and loaded up on Danny Tartable. Then loaded up on Ken Griffey. He struck. Um, we loaded up on, I forget who the other guy was that was with the Mariners. Um, and then my father loved Edgar Martinez. So we loaded up on a lot of Edgar Martinez stuff. Then because the Mariners were closest to us. And then we went over to the Brewers camp. And then we started loading up on Paul Molitor and Robin Yount stuff. And then you would go down to the backfields and try to find a minor league guy. I never, my, never forget my dad um, saw Richie Sexton and was like, look at this big son of a bitch. I was like, holy cow, he's like 6'9". Um, and I played against Richie and he had that 50, I think he went 50 or 40 or 50 home run season. So we made money on that. But you're right. What we ended up doing is when we saw a guy that we liked in the minor leagues and it was Griffey and Tartables. I remember we brought the Tartables. I'll never forget. We brought 200 Tartables for two bucks a pop. And we bought the Griffey's for five bucks pop because the guy only had five. And and then we bought the other 200 for like a dollar a pop. So like you said, you bought the Roberts. How many Roberts do you think you probably have ballpark? Coming up on 300. Okay, and what do you think your average is with from the top to the lowest your average? Because you got to understand, when we were collecting, there was one card. True. Or there was Don Ross Flair tops. Mm-hmm. There wasn't refractors. There wasn't chrome. There wasn't this. There was Don Ross Kings, which you love. That's the old school Don Ross Kings. There was no really pull cards. There were redempt- There were cards that you had to send in. You, By the way, it was funny because when we went through my collection, like, I don't even know. Four or five years ago, Caleb's like, by the way, you got a redemption card. I don't think you can redeem it now since it's like 10 years old. But though that's what happened. So that's how the game has changed. So what do you think you're at probably with the Roberts at a price? Well, the, the Topps papers, which I was mostly focusing on, were going for about 20 a pop. The most I've, the most I've ever paid for a card myself was, was $500 for his 88 out of 199 Topps autograph. Uh, so that, you wanted that to be your holy grail, yes, and then and exactly. everything. That's the one I would not sell. That's the one you're not yeah. going to sell. So, but you, out of those three hundred that you have, I'll break down the math for you. How would you want to? How would you want you want to keep the one whale and sell all the others, or is there any others that well, you'd want to keep? I mean, man, they've been at PSA since uh, since September, and then whenever I get them back, I'm going to attempt to hold, 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 hold as long as yeah, as possible. long as you can, can. Yeah. Um, but I think what's interesting about this venture, I think you can tell by the fact uh, that I've gone through a little bit of a longer list, is that you're the vet in baseball, I'm the vet in eBay, and you bought the more expensive card, but I feel like you're kind of still learning the, the, the landscape of eBay and doing the comps and the sold listings and whatnot, but you're going to be a pro here in no time. But yeah, it, it's a little different than, than you think because like I've sold stuff on eBay, I've sold cards, I've done a lot of that stuff, and I... I'm one of those guys that's been on that that side, so I don't like to lowball a lot of guys. If a guy like, like like listen, the guy had the Jeff McNeil up there for two hundred and sixty something dollars, and I just basically said, "I'll give you two twenty five cash now. I'll send it to you right now." It had been sitting up there. I don't want to bid on it. This and that. I was going to wait on it. I figured it would go to two hundred. You know what? I'll give the guy the extra twenty five dollars. This and that because he had the other 
one for one thirty five. He had both of them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if I gave you three twenty five for both of them, in yes or no, and I just I sent the three twenty five. He said yes, um, and I wanted to grab him before opening day. Then COVID hit, obviously, but my thing was is yeah, I, wheeling and dealing, but the lot buying is different because I need to get on Star Stock and start lot buying mm. the A's and the B's of the guys that I like. Um, because you're right. That's the way you make money. You, people don't understand when you're buying cards, 12 for 18, you're buying them for like a buck and a quarter yep. card. And, and again, if you're going to go to nationals and sell them for five, bu- five bucks a pop, I mean, that's the score. I don't care where any kind of market, any kind whatever you're trying to invest money, people will take that, that ROI every day of the week. Now, most listening are already pros at eBay, but when you have a buy it now with a best offer option, it's pretty simple science on how to get to the low point of the offer. So let's say they're asking 150, you type in 100. Well, a little blue line will come up and say, increase your offer. And you go 101, it's still there. 102, 103, 104. And you get to 105 and then the thing disappears. And they're basically telling you that the seller put in, "I'll, I'll entertain offers starting at 105. So a lot of times I'll find that low point which, hey, if they were willing to take the offer, yeah. I'll, and I always include a message, quick, well, thanks for your time, you know, always put a message to it, and I got a good, I got 100% eBay rating, but start with that low point, some will take it, some will split the difference, but you got to start at that low point once the increase your offer banner mm-hmm. disappears. No, I'm with you, you do, it's all about making money still, and they're trying to make money too, and listen, when you put your stuff on eBay, they're they're highballing it a little bit at first and then going down. They're trying to get theirs too. I get it. And that's the way it works when you're selling cards or and when you're trying to invest cards. A lot of these guys that are selling you lots or that have lots out. I looked at a Mount Castle lot the other day um, that I might buy. But, you know, they have a ton more. They're trying to make money. They got inventory that they're trying to get out. And they understand they're going to take a hit later on. But they're still making money on some of this stuff. So, don't feel sorry for him is what I like to say to him, you know, so. Well, look, I had a Starstock account, and there was guys lowballing me, and I got to the point where I sold plenty of cards even down for a dime or a quarter just to keep things selling. So yeah. I've, I've sold stuff for insanely cheap, and I've also sold stuff I realized as a seller because I haven't sold a lot in my life is that a lot of the things on Starstock were big hits on what I paid for them. But at the same time, there were ones along the way that I did have to sell at a loss, but it's still a sale. It still contributes to the large, and that was a, a pretty small majority. So I kind of learned from a business perspective that look, m- most of the stuff you're selling at big profit, but along the way, when you got to sell something a little bit less than what you bought it, you do it for the business. That's true. It's true. You have to cut your losses. Sometimes you're going to swing and miss on guys. That's going to happen. Sometimes you're going to invest in a pitcher and he blows out his arm or something happens, and it's just the bottom line. That's just the way the card business works. It's a gamble too. I mean, when you open up a pack. We're opening up $200 panini packs uh, the other day, and it's a gamble. It's it's really like, it, it's a, I mean, I pulled a, a good card in Durant, and it's a $100 card. So, you don't, you know, you got to be able to be a little bit lucky, but you also got to be wise. I mean, I, you need to look at the situation, look at the grand picture. Um, I'm not a Joel Embiid fan. I'll be honest with you. I think he's soft as can be. He's soft as tissue paper. But. He was out of MVP season. Was. He's hurt now. Might have backed him up a little bit. He's a monster. But the card that I got, that's 7 out of 10, that's worth four or 500 If they make a long run and make it to the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. that's when you sell. And you sell high. And, and I want to reiterate this to people because you have to sell at the highest 
at, at the highest point. Like, Easier said than done. I, I get that. But here's another thing. There's a magic doc- documentary coming out in a month. Mm-hmm. There's people now starting to collect Magic Johnson stuff. Now, is the Magic Johnson stuff cheap? No, it's not because he's already made. But you saw what happened with the spike in the last dance yep. with Jordan. Now, I don't know if this is going to be, but I'm sure Magic's going to be in it. I'm sure they're going to talk about him and Bird. I'm sure Bird's going to be in it. There's going to be some boys in that, in, in, in that you know, because that relationship. So I think... Magic Bird, I was trying to actually find out who was going to be in that documentary because, again, that's in a month. That's going to spike up. I think that will help spike up some of the Magic cards, some of the cards that Jimmy has signed by Magic, but other things. I think Magic might be a good guy, just low investments, not whatever, and then you could be able to pop him for a little bit more when that documentary comes out. There's so many different things that they're doing, you know what I mean? One of the most uh, exciting things about my PSA submission from ever ago was on eBay. I found a lot. I actually didn't even know this card existed. 1992 Impel set. They did Olympic cards, right? Now, it wasn't just basketball. Because you see the Dream Team in Skybox. They have some, some yeah. of those everybody knows. But at the same time, Impel did cycling and shot put and like all the and Olympic Lance sports. Armstrong and stuff like that? And- yeah, so it might have been a little bit before him, but yeah. they have cyc- cyclists in there. So they had a card, Impel, with the whole Dream Team on there. All in one card. The skybox was like three cards you put together to yeah. make the whole thing. I'm like, I've never even seen that before. And it was a lot of 20. They're basically going for a buck. So I ended up buying about 40 of these, and I sent off my best 20. They're so rare. In the PSA registry report, there's like around 100 that have been graded. And I keep on – I was hoping to get them back for the Olympics. Let's see if it happens. But they've had PSA 10 selling for 275 300 It was a dollar card. And these things were 20 to grade. So I think of all the investments that I've done, the Impel 1992 team card, which they've dried up on eBay. Because there was a while where I was seeing some lots and buying a 10, 20, 8, something at a time. And now they're they're just not there. So whenever these things come back, hopefully before the Olympics, that might be my my greatest investing hit so far. That's great. I mean, sometimes you you run into stuff. Like my mom ran into the 86, 87 Flair. And you run into just different stuff. I was telling you the story the other day um my dad had a janitorial business and, and the guy couldn't pay it he had cards and my dad's like are you kidding me and they were it was a 72 and 73 had five fisk rookies five schmidt rookies it ended up being like thousands and thousands in cards and and i remember they were in a sack but he had them covered they were mint and it's just crazy how sometimes you'll find cards or you'll find a deal like that but why you didn't even know they existed and you're a hard core card collector so like i think a lot of people laid off like those kind of sets like everybody's like stay away stay away stay away it seems like 15 years from now they're either gold or they're still stay away it's really weird how that's worked out because like some sets have really come back like wait those are worth something now like yeah like and it was like the 86 87 flare they were 10 to 12 dollars a box now about a quarter million quarter million now and like it's sealed i mean like you had to have the hindsight to know that every hall of famer was going to be their rookie card i get that but i think the other part about it is no one saw 84 85 star those were the most rare cards to find you couldn't find them if if i'm I'm, I'm not mistaken caleb and somebody will correct me on the live i want to say star cards weren't even packs they were 
the elongated packs where you could see the front. Uh, uh, rack, rack pack? Rack pack. So I don't even think you opened them. Hmm. I don't even think they came in a box. I, have you ever seen uh, a star box? No, right? And you've seen a flare box. So hmm. I think they came in rack packs, to be honest with you. So that's why it's made them even rare because they didn't hang them on... I don't even know if they didn't hang them on tar targets in Walgreens. They just were not, they were nowhere. Now, one thing I realized from my season long venture of selling football cards on Starstock, I bought about 2,000, was buying them all in lots, sent them all in. And leading up to week one, it was sell, 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 great price this, even through week one. And then you got to week three and things really started to slow down. And I was thinking, yeah, that's. It's pretty predictable. There's a big increase at the front of the season, and then there's a natural dip and a lull. We saw it in basketball. I saw it firsthand with what I was selling in football. And, you know, baseball's hot right now. We just went through some of the guys that we bought, and I'm going to continue to buy. But in a month or two, there's gonna, it's going to flatten out a little bit. And I think this is the time where I'm going to start focusing on basketball, mm -hmm. which is still the whale of the industry. I think baseball's going to have a great summer. But, you know, basketball, I think, is – I bought a couple. Um, we talked about eye appeal. I wanted to get a Devin Booker. Uh, the prisms were pretty expensive, three 400 even for Raw. But I found a clear vision, which had a great photo. You get the rookie card emblem. It's this acetate yeah, clear see-through. It's nice, yeah. That thing closed at – what was that? 48.15. I'm pretty happy about that. I feel like somebody gave me 75 or 100, no problem, at the Nationals. But basketball is probably where I'm going to start to turn my attention here this coming week. I think you have to um – you got to start researching which guys are going to go to the playoffs, like Caleb was saying before, which guys are, you know, can break out. I mean, it, it the bubble changed the card industry last year. Guys were going nuts. I remember Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell's cards were going ballistic. So were Jamal Murray's when they had those epic games. So, yeah, in, 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 I was telling this to Caleb the other night. I'm like, did you realize that like Jimmy didn't show us a ton of football? Well, he didn't roll out a bunch of Mahomes. He did. He did like sort of graze a couple Brady's that were like two million each or whatever. Like oh, oh, you just got those sitting in there. Um, but it was all about basketball and it was all about baseball. Like he kept showing us it's not. He did show us the Justin Herbert card that he pulled for the, the ten year old kid that was unbelievable. But even Jimmy's showing you basketball. He needs showing you because like. Like I, I said it on the stream, it's like a Breitling. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. If you have their autographs and patches on the card, it's not going down. It's not. It, it's like, it's like watches. It's like, it's like um, trying well, to Well, look, I, I, show, I showed you all. They don't go down in cost. I mean. I showed you all last night on the line graph on Sports Card Investor, who I love getting the eBay data from. He puts yeah. it in line graphs. And I was trying to show you. Uh, last night, how okay the LeBron? We, let's take the LeBron tops rookie. We'll put a PSA nine. Well, if you look at the line graph last thirty days, there's a little dip downward because he's right? hurt. Yeah, he's been out. Yeah. But if you zoom out and go to all data, which goes back to 2019, the line from the bottom left of the page up to the top right is incredible. You could have bought those cards in 2019 for 142, 151. Now they're 2,100. 1,950 and so on. I mean, there's not many other investment opportunities out there that can truly multiply like we've seen with cards. No, they can't. They can't. Listen, he pulled out the gem a gem that he said he would take 500,000 for. I mean, no, you can't. You, the, the way it's gone up from 140 to that, like 10 times. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I, I really haven't. The Jordan's 
because you you know I had three of the Jordans. I sold a couple of them, and I got an eight back. I took it out and then got a nine back. Now, like the eights at that time, this was before the pandemic. We're going for what four thousand, five thousand, somewhere in there. Last the, the documentary hits the pandemics. What's a nine going now for Jordan? Fifty something. Yeah. Think about that. Ten times. Yep. I I keep telling my brother ten times. Like, what do you mean, Mike? The card industry, if you get hot, it's since the pandemic, it they've literally gone up 10 to 11 times. I mean, bottom line, and like, and right now the secret's out. Like, I'm looking at a pitcher that just got drafted last year for the Red Sox, and like, his cards are already expensive. So like, you got to catch these guys early, and you, you got to know your stuff. That's why um, the kid at Jimmy Shop, what was his name? Trey. Trey, like... His knowledge, and the, by the way, real quick, the reason why I decided to stay in Kentucky for the next couple of weeks um, to do the podcast here live with Caleb because we got such great feedback. We're going to still pop packs Friday night um, at Jimmy's um, for the next couple of weeks. Um, we just feel he's a great partner for us and, and for you as the customer. Um, we're going to give away more packs. Same thing we've, we've done before and do some more integrated stuff, and we're going to go over some more ideas with Jimmy on how we can make this better for you too as well. All right, before we wrap up episode two, we got to tell them out there what we're pretty excited for this week. Now, most card purchases happen through digital money transfer on eBay, PayPal, Venmo, whatever it may be. How about we got a card show in town this week? We are taking Sal's cold, hard cash. (laughs) Ain't, Ain't nobody taking a debit card at the card show. I have not been to a card show in forever Right here in my hometown, what's the chances we're going to take the cash down there and see what we can find? At a Knights of Columbus, first mm-hmm. of all, like when my father listens to the podcast, he's going to have the biggest smile on his face. There was a Knights of Columbus, uh, I would say oh, a couple of miles from my house, $50 a table. I used to lay out my cards when I was probably 13 and 14 and when I was wheeling and dealing and trading you gotta understand most of those shows guys trade with each other with whatever and yeah you're right you're dealing with cash there'd probably be some PSA um cards there but there's gonna be a lot of raw cards it'd be a lot of fun and I think the last card show we went together with was in Anaheim like a while ago it just seems like I haven't exchanged cash at a card show and it's gonna bring back a lot of memories because Caleb and I were the same people that I can remember waiting in line for Walter Payton's autograph, waiting in line at the mall for Frank Thomas's autograph when I was a kid, waiting in line for Emmett Smith's autograph when I was a kid, Roger Staubach. And that those are the memories I bring back at like at, at a mall with 50 people waiting for Walter Pay- Payton's autograph. And I remember Ricky Henderson, I got to meet Ricky Henderson and ask for his autograph and then I got to play for him. And I, went, I brought a bass up there and he threw the base back at me. I'm like, what? He does not sign bases. He had a contract at the time and he doesn't sign the sweet spot of a baseball. So if you have a baseball by Ricky Henderson signed in the sweet spot, it's special. He only sounds the crown. So Ricky has got all these kind of different quirks. So it's really cool that we're going to be able to go to a show and then, and, and do this with cousin Sal and with everybody at extra points pod, because this is, Actually, the feedback that we've gotten from the first podcast has been amazing, and I hope it keep, it continues, you know? All right, so on Instagram, at the Cousin Sal, he is funding this contest, and he's one of our favorite Mets fans. He's got, was it the left field 330-something? My thing is, is out of this, 
I want to know what Cousin Sal, what card Cousin Sal wants. Like, right. what's his favorite player and what card he wants, and we will buy him that card. Because I know Jimmy's got it. Yes, Jimmy, what he's got, he'll find it. All right, so he is at Paul Laduca 16. I am at Jersey underscore Mojo. And we're going to go live from the card show. So, yes. So make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. And then we're going to go live again this weekend, hopefully from the Kentucky Roadshow. There, Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow, that is, with one of the most incredible collections that we've ever been around. Yes. So it's been a great week one. We were happy that Travis and Solomon uh, busted the free packs. So we sent them off. Well, to yeah, yeah. We also, um, if you guys are listening, um, we're going to send those packs out to you. We have three packs we need to send out, Jesse um, and two others. I got your guys' addresses. Um, we're going to bubble wrap them so they're nice and safe and they don't um, get creased or anything and the corners are going to be fine. And we're going to send those out to you on Instagram Live. I talked to Jimmy. Um, we're going to bubble them for you and send them out. Card Wars rolling on here on Extra Points. And until next time, may all your rookie cards be gems.